0: Morning prayer begins on page 3. I was glad when they said unto me, We will go into the house of the Lord. Continuing at the bottom of page 7. O Lord, open now our lips.
1: And our mouth shall show forth thy praise.
0: Glory be to the Father,
1: and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord the Lord's name be praised.
2: Psalm
0: 95 for the Benite on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with songs. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth Psalm 16 begins on page 357. Preserve me, O God, for in thee I have put my trust.
1: O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my God, I have no good like unto thee. All my delight
0: is upon the saints that are in the earth, and upon such as excel in virtue.
1: But they that run after another God, shall have great trouble. Their drink-offerings of blood will I not offer, neither make mention of their names within my lips. The Lord himself is the portion of mine inheritance, and of my cup. Thou shalt maintain my lot.
0: The lot is fallen unto me in a fair ground. Yea, I have a goodly heritage.
1: I will thank the Lord for giving me warning. My reins also chasten me in the night season. I have set the Lord all way before me,
0: for he is on my right hand, therefore I shall not fall.
1: Wherefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth, my flesh also shall rest in hope. For why thou shalt not
0: leave my soul in hell, neither shalt thou suffer thy Holy One to see corruption.
1: Thou shalt show me the path of life. In Thy presence is the fullness of joy, and at Thy right hand there is pleasure forevermore. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the
0: Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, now and ever ever shall be,
2: world without end. Amen.
1: Here beginneth the fifteenth chapter of the second book of Samuel. After this it happened that Absalom provided himself with chariots and horses, and fifty men to run before him. Now Absalom would rise early and stand beside the way to the gate. So it was, whenever any one who had a lawsuit came to the king for a decision, that Absalom would call to him and say, What city are you from? And he would say, Your servant is from such and such a tribe of Israel. Then Absalom would say to him, Look, your case is good and right, but there is no deputy of the king to hear you. Moreover Absalom would say, Oh, that I were made judge in the land, and everyone who has any suit or cause would come to me. Then I would give him justice. And so it was, whenever any one came near to bow down to him, that he would put out his hand and take him and kiss him. In this manner, Absalom acted toward all Israel who came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Now it came to pass after forty years that Absalom said to the king, Please let me go to Hebron, and pay the vow which I made to the Lord. For your servant took a vow while I dwelt at Geshur in Syria, saying, If the Lord indeed brings me back to Jerusalem, then I will serve the Lord. And the king said to him, Go in peace. So he arose and went to Hebron. Then Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then you shall say, Absalom reigns in Hebron. And with Absalom went two hundred men invited from Jerusalem, And they went along innocently, and did not know anything. Then Absalom sent for Abithfel the Gilonite, David's counselor, from his city, from Gilo, while he offered sacrifices. And the conspiracy grew strong, for the people with Absalom continually increased in number. Now a messenger came to David, saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. So David said to all his servants who were with him at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee, or we shall not escape from Absalom. Make haste to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring disaster upon us, and strike the city with the edge of the sword. And the king's servants said to the king, We are your servants ready to do whatever my lord the king commands then the king went out with all his household after him but the king left ten women concubines to keep the house and the king went out with all the people after him and stopped at the outskirts then all his servants passed before him and all the Cherethites, all the pelethites and all the gittites six hundred men who had followed him from gath passed before the king then the king said to Itai, the gittite why are you also going with us return and remain with the king for you are a foreigner and also an exile from your own place in fact you came only yesterday should i make you wander up and down with us today since i go i know not where RETURN AND TAKE YOUR BRETHREN BACK. MERCY AND TRUTH BE WITH YOU. BUT Itai ANSWERED THE KING AND SAID, AS THE LORD LIVES, AND AS MY LORD THE KING LIVES, SURELY IN WHATEVER PLACE MY LORD THE KING SHALL BE, WHETHER IN DEATH OR LIFE, EVEN THERE ALSO YOUR SERVANT WILL BE. SO DAVID SAID TO Itai, GO AND CROSS OVER. Then Ittai the Gittite, and all his men, and all the little ones who were with him, crossed over. And all the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people crossed over. The king himself also crossed over, the brook Gidron, and all the people crossed over toward the way of the wilderness. There was Zadok also, and all the Levites with him, bearing the Ark of the Covenant of God. And they set down the Ark of God, and Abiathar went up until all the people had finished crossing over from the city. Then the king said to Zadok, Carry the Ark of God back into the city. If I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me back, and show me both it and his dwelling place. But if he says thus, I have no delight in you. Here I am, let him do to me as seems good to him. The king also said to Zadok, the priest, Are you not a seer? Return to the city in peace, and your two sons with you, Ahiamaz, your son, and Jonathan, the son of Abiathar. See, I will wait in the plains of the wilderness until the word comes from you to inform me. Therefore Zadok and Abiathar carried the ark of God back to Jerusalem, and they remained there. So David went up by the ascent of the Mount of Olives, and wept as he went up. And he had his head covered, and went barefoot. And all the people who were with him covered their heads, and went up, weeping as they went up. Then someone told David, saying, ahithophel is among the conspirators with with absalom and david said o lord i pray turn the counsel of ahithophel into foolishness now it happened when david had come to the top of the mountain where he worshiped god there was hushai the archite coming to meet him with his robe torn and dust on his head David said to him, If you go on with me, then you will become a burden to me. But if you return to the city, and say to Absalom, I will be your servant, O king, as I was your father's servant previously, so I will now also be your servant, then you may defeat the council of Ahithophel for me. And do you not have Zadok and Abiathar the priests with you there? Therefore it will be that whatever you hear from the king's house, you shall tell Zadok and Abiathar the priests. Indeed, they have there with them their two sons, Ahimaaz, Zadok's son, and Jonathan, Abiathar's son. And by them you shall send me everything you hear. So Hushai, David's friend, went into the city, and Absalom came into Jerusalem. Here endeth the first lesson.
2: Benedictus S on page 11.
0: Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, Praise and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths, and dwellest between the cherubim. Praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom. Praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven. Praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
1: Here beginneth the second chapter of the second epistle of St. Paul to the Corinthians. But I determined this within myself, that I would not come again to you in sorrow. For if I make you sorrowful, then who is he who makes me glad but the one who is made sorrowful by me? And I wrote this very thing to you, lest, when I came, I should have sorrow over those from whom I sought to have joy, having confidence in you that all that my joy is the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote to you, with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have so abundantly for you. But if any one has caused grief, he has not grieved me, but all of you to some extent, not to be too severe. This punishment, which was inflicted by the majority, is sufficient for such a man, so that, on the contrary, you ought rather to forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Therefore I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. For to this end I also wrote that I might put you to the test, whether you are obedient in all things. Now, whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me by the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit, because I did not find Titus my brother, but taking my leave of them, I departed for Macedonia. Now thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved, and among those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death, and to the other the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, as so many, peddling the words of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. Here endeth the second lesson. Together,
0: Benedictus, on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon
1: us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us.
0: Almighty and merciful God, of whose only gift it cometh that thy faithful people, do unto thee true and laudable service. Grant, we beseech thee, that we may so faithfully serve thee in this life, that we fail not finally to attain thy heavenly promises, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, acknowledges from standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, Amen. Good morning to all.
3: Our lessons today provide this continued lesson on the messiness of of life and ministry and how God works through sort of the real stuff of life. Um, This chapter of David's life um, reveals something when we think about David as as, it says in a passage somewhere, the man after God's own heart. Um, we see an aspect in this season that's really important which is um, that David has gotten a few chapters ago the verdict from Nathan that he is the man and then that all these things are going to happen uh, to him because um, he didn't he, he, he sinned gravely against God and against his his uh vocation as as the man God's man for the people and David received that verdict from Nathan and fully accepts it. And so David here in this season of life is the model of one who accepts God's discipline. And I've always wondered, you know, it says here in the chapter today that the hearts of the people of Israel were with Absalom. But, you know, David, when we get to the end of the chapter, David has some badass dudes with him. And if he really wanted to fight, I just don't really believe that Absalom, whoever Absalom had, would have been able to defeat in a military battle David and all his men geared up. But David doesn't go there because God has said to him, this is going to happen. And David has this now, okay, I'm in a season now of discipline. I'm going to accept what God has brought upon me. And I don't know any other king in human history who, who at a prophetic word, gave up his kingship and walked out of the royal palace because he thought that's what God wanted him to do. Some of you historians can tell me uh, if that's happened somewhere else. But uh, this is the, the David accepting this discipline faithfully. And um, we note in the story that, therefore, as an example for the Christian life, is that when we are experiencing what the Bible calls discipline, you know, consequences of perhaps things we've done that are teaching us uh, new virtues, new dependence. God is still with us in that. David is still the Lord's anointed, and the important, the important part of the story is Absalom is not. He's taking upon himself the idea that he can be king. He's not king. God is not with him. His rebellion will fail. And as David um, accepts the discipline of God and goes to that season of life, he also will be restored. It calls to mind uh, that Psalm: He who goes on his way weeping and bearing good seed will doubtless come again with joy and bring his sheaves with him that we faithfully endure the things and God will in his good time raise us up. And so we see that from David in this chapter. We should note a couple parallels with the cross: the people turning on David, much like Good Friday, the people turning on Jesus. Um, we also see Ahithophel, the, the betrayer, who becomes a type of Judas, who is betrays our Lord. And there's a psalm where David laments this, and he, you know, and, and uh, that provides the backdrop for our Lord's agony over Judas. And in we get to the New Testament and Paul's, um, Second Corinthians is, um, is full of this pathos because St. Paul's had to deal with, with with elements in Corinth that are very difficult and he has to administer a lot of discipline. And there's a lot we don't know about the Corinthian situation. It appears there is a, what is sometimes called the the painful letter that St. Paul wrote, which is probably not First Corinthians but he alludes to it in chapter two. Here where he probably had to deal with some disciplinary issue, um, but we see Paul's discipline here is not like heavy-handed. You, you know, I'm going to crush this guy. His heart is he loves these people. Something wrong was done by someone. Saint Paul administered discipline that re- resulted in the that required the body of the church to discipline someone. And that was as St. Paul says in the epistle, the attest of their obedience. Would they would they do would they follow this sort of godly admonition of discipline? But um but he um he does it, he wants that those who are disciplined to come back and be restored. Discipline is always like this, not merely punitive. It's always to restore things to where they're supposed to be. And we should note in so so I guess the great stand, uh, feature of this chapter is Paul's heart is so fully in his desire for the good, even while he has to administer discipline. And these are two things we have to be aware of in our lives. Sometimes we we're angry about you know injustice and we want to punish someone. We crush him. We forget the demands of love. And sometimes we're so full of love and warm fuzziness that we we're afraid to uh, administer the consequence. You know the, the the true character of God is justice in love with the desire for reconciliation, um, and so we see. And Paul clearly thinks he has authority. I he, he says of this offender in this chapter, "I have forgiven him." his apostolic authority carried out in the church. And so we see here's the character of St. Paul as as a, an apostle, which is required of all who would minister, which is to say that um, he loves, he has real authority, but that authority is to be the presence of Christ and never to respond to the wrong that someone does with vindictiveness or pettiness, but to administer godly discipline to accept that kind of slander that just comes with the territory and and just as with David who's going into exile here now being opposed because he is the Lord's anointed he will be he will return and become king again so those who are in Christ those as we represent Christ in life and ministry even though we're opposed, if we endure those seasons faithfully, God will vindicate, bring back make clear who's wrong, make clear also who's who's right and this is if we want to be involved in ministry with people, this is just what we have to be willing to deal with that sort of pain of of caring about people and having to do difficult things in relationship with them as kind of the test of it's a it's a test of our our Uh, growth in faith, our ability to do that. So anyway, a few thoughts about
2: today's lessons. You're muted, Bob. O God, the creator and preserver
0: of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life finally we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind body or estate especially those for whom we make our prayers at this time and by walking before Thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with Thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Good to be
2: with you this morning. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Chris, Bishop.
2: My brother.